1: This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. That's DynastyLeagueFootball.com for those who don't know what the acronym means. Welcome back. Um, I had a really great podcast idea for this week. While I sat down to record it, I remembered I had this three-hour conversation between myself, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast, and Jacob Rickroad from, well, previously from Road of Iz and now just a fantasy player who to cut up and turn into episodes for you all. So it'll have to wait. But I still think it's fairly relevant because I quite often bringing on the same people onto the crossroads. I don't do guests a lot. It's a solo podcast of me ranting chaotically, according to one reviewer. But the reason the same guests come back on, one, is because I enjoy talking. To them. It's also because I value a certain set of skills. I like people who the core of their process is they're just trying to get better. They're trying to be more accurate, or at least be more consistent in the, in their accuracy. They might not think about it in those terms, But I do think you can go an awful long way in our thing, whatever it is. You can go a long way by being persuasive. I think I back asswards into a lot of that because I like to argue and I'm a bit of a jerk. So with being a bit of a jerk, you sounds confident. And confidence can be persuasive. Back and Jacob continually come back here. One, because I can beg them to come back. And two, because that's the core of their process. Almost unthinkingly... It means that Zach and Jacob both, since that's where they start from, that's where their opinions are formed on. And any headwind we have behind us in terms of the people that are kind enough to like, share, and listen, thank you very much, by the way, to our content, hopefully get the benefit of us remembering while we're wrong instead of you having to track to make sure we're not just persuasive. Because I think there are a lot of people that are very persuasive who don't know because it doesn't matter and they don't track if they were right or wrong. There's too many arguments that should have died because they, of their continual failure. If it wasn't more about people who have never been able to effectually counter me on Twitter, and therefore I must be doing something right, and they don't know, and they don't follow it through, and so next year they end up making the same bad arguments, but persuasively. And the reason Zach and Jacob here, the reason I think this episode kicks ass, and the other ones I'm going to make out of the rest of our conversation it's they will know if they get it right and wrong. The reason they're saying the things they are is because they have been continuously right and wrong through experience and hard work, and this is where they've come to in their reasoning. I think it's interesting. I think you can see this in ADP. I think you can see it in rankings, um, and that was my initial idea for the podcast this week. Instead, you're going to get a really fun conversation, I think, between Zach, myself, and Jacob Rickroad, and the first section is going to include us talking about the Gabe Davis situation, I think we'll call it, um, which I win, mainly because we all agree. And in the second section, we talk about uh, Denver, Courtland Sutton versus Jerry Judy, where I think, especially on re-listening to it, I lose. I don't have a strong take on that situation, and I think it shows, and that's interesting. Hopefully it'll be interesting to you. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be dropping these sections of our conversation throughout the week. I'm not going to try and prolong it over the next few weeks. Um, and yeah, let me know what you think. Really, thank you very much for listening. And follow Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13 on Twitter and Jacob Rickroad, Clutch Fantasy on Twitter, if you would like. Appreciate it.
2: Do you have the time to listen to me
0: grind? Take down the film watchers and learns all at once. I am one of those
2: skeptical of status quo, lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my exhale sheet.
3: Sometimes pour cold water on heat. When the mask's not adding up, you can bet I'm checking it out. I'm just finally
1: working to the ground. And <laughs> um, what do we want to talk about today? Anyone got a place we want to start?
3: I, I like cool. the Gabe
0: Davis. I like. I... Jacob yeah, said he'd been, he'd been trolled about Gabe Davis. I, I just looked that up. We we need to get into the Gabe Davis talk uh, before we go anywhere because I really like uh, this tweet that, that Jacob had that said, Gabe Davis, 63 targets, 35 receptions, 549 yards, 6 touchdowns. Brian Edwards, 59 targets, 34 receptions, 571 yards, 3 touchdowns. And their ADP is 70 spots different. I, 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 I love it. I want to start there.
3: <laughs> Obviously, so it's a little it. tongue-in-cheek. But wide receiver yeah, yeah. 24 seems ridiculous to me. And, look, I, I the guy's in a perfect spot, don't get me wrong. And he's got a great quarterback. But I, I would love to hear both of you guys take on a fourth-rounder who's never had more than 600 yards blowing up in year three but he's blowing he's blowing up because of a four touchdown island
0: game in the playoffs. Like that that's literally the reason why he's wide receiver 24. And it's it's not again like you said it's not that he's a bad player, it's not that but he got out targeted by everybody on his team last. Like, I mean Dawson, Dawson everybody, Knox, Emmanuel
3: Sanders, yeah. um Beasley and Dawson Knox. Yeah. And so he's technically fifth. Yeah, and and
0: it's again it's not
3: there's no meat on the bone
1: there. There just – there isn't meat
2: well, on the
3: bone.
1: There's a lot of make targets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, it makes sense for me to step in now as a good host, somehow offer the counterpoints to those. And I don't have – like I'm in the same – we should have brought in a pro Gabe Davis guy. I got nothing. I um, had nothing for a while. I think he's a very good wide receiver too on a team that doesn't need one. Um, yeah. I think the argument is that he progressed into a high-level role by the end of the season, which is always a frickin' argument, especially when you you know use first eight weeks and second eight weeks and all those split take arguments that ha- literally hundred percent fail rate. Um, I think it's worth noting that there is some signal for a third-year player breaking out, especially after a points per game season like he had last year. It's not like he's a terrible bet on a scale of naught to ten. Um, or that's say I just made up. I probably should have come up with an actual legitimate scale. There's a chance, right? Um, like I said, he's in a great spot. He's a decent player on a decent team. Um, outside the top 24, you take your shot. Um, and in best ball, I understand it. I don't think his ADP in best ball necessarily scares me because if you're looking for pure upside, I, I kind of get it. It's fine, but I don't know. I don't know why Gabe Davis has plucked out the litter.
3: It just seems like a reach to me and obviously that like like you said that four touchdown game is is uh dragging that adp so i went and looked up four touchdown games do, do you guys realize that calvin johnson never had one hmm. in fact owens Owens, or Randy miles only had one in their career each um bryce had a couple he had a five touchdown game so it's pretty rare um marvin jones had one actually uh, Larry Fitzgerald never had a four touchdown game. So I don't know. I just, I always get weirded out by small samples like that, you know, and we've seen, yeah, we've seen people terrible. roll in the playoffs. Yeah. I tweeted, I tweeted, that I'd be more optimistic about Gabe Davis if it weren't for um, Jeff Janis and his <laughs> big draft game. And I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was a couple touchdowns, like 150 yards. And then uh, um, oh, uh, Chris Hogan, had a hundred and eighty yard two touchdown game with New England too. So it's obviously it's, it's they're it not the same type of player, but they had a big blow up game, right? And yeah. and never lived up to the hype after that. Well, it's also just
1: it's a type of player that you make you go looking for positive stats on, which makes sense. You want to dig in and understand what he did, but it reminds me of like uh Kiki Kute, or whoever it was. And I like I literally got told he was a historic level wide receiver because <laughs> no What was it? It was really intricate. It was no Houston wide receiver drafted outside the third round had ever had that many receptions in his first year. And I was like, read that sentence back to yourself. And he like I still remember that response because it like I stared open mouthed at it for a while. As a historian or someone that went to study history at some point, like that's a that's too much. That that's abusing that word. (laughs) Um, but I get it, right? Like Buffalo, Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs, well, that is a good thing, um, but the tight end was heavily touched. I get how you can talk yourself into it, but I don't understand why we talk ourselves into things.
3: It just seems you know? like a reach to me, especially <laughs> where he's going around some of the other players. This is underdogs ADP, by the way. I am doing a ton of underdog drafts. I don't know if you guys are playing those. They're a lot of fun. Um, the best ball mania, the puppy,
1: which are five <laughs> bucks. Yeah. Um, I did a few puppies at five dollars ago. I wasn't able to get too many from I mean, them. To be honest, I unless you do the three dollar baseballs. So I'm
3: I'm I am i am i am down here, Jacob. I okay. get <laughs> yeah, they're they're fun. But anyways, Alan Robinson <laughs> is going in the same spot as Gabe Davis. And here I know this is a guy near and dear to your heart. I mean, how many hundred and fifty target seasons has he had? Three, four, <laughs> and now he gets the best quarterback of his career, hands down, right? I'm much rather better just...
1: on a return or a repeat than a, a breakout like that, for sure. Um I will say, I, I can implement, just segue into here, because anyone listening to this who actually is just part of the comment, like, if a random stranger who's not a degenerate walks across upon the crossroads one day, one, hello, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> I know you hate it, and I will point out, like, everyone who's a lot of big names who actually have contacts and actually have people they talk to on teams are saying the team loves Gabe Davis. And I can see why. It's rare you get an above average wide receiver two on your roster. And he did have that great playoff game. He's got upside in individual games. He can do things for them. I understand why. Um, and I've been told off by a couple of them. Um, but maybe being too a little too negative early on Gabe Davis, because the team does love him and they expect his role to grow. And there's a lot of if you like to play the game of guessing the future and reading what the team wants to do. There's a lot of positive news coming out of the Bills and on Viz and from the team and from legitimate sources of people that actually get TV time. Right. Um I know Matthew Berry is a big proponent and he has literally talked to people on the team and says they want his role to grow. So it's not like it's from nothing. It's just I don't play that game. I hear it every year, and I rel- I've n- i never seen it work out. It, but like Matthew Berry knows more than me about what the team thinks. I'm not – I don't know. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's not to just hand-wave that stuff away. You may well have heard all of that, and it's legitimate. It's just I like to make up my own decision than be told what to do by the teams who have no incentive to tell me what's going on. It's interesting to note, though, Peter, where
0: in in redraft and best ball he's going high. He's going as a top twenty four or twenty five wide receiver in dynasty. The latest DLF uh, ADP, and I want to make sure I've got the latest. I I do. I have June. He's going anywhere from wide receiver thirty eight to wide receiver forty, depending on whether you're sorting super flex or or oh, one no. quarterback. So this may be one of those where Gabe Davis maybe a value because we' we, That's tend I, to, I, we tend to look at at redraft adp and then and then yeah. where the there are differences in in uh dynasty places where you can gain an advantage and and
1: man maybe he's a maybe he's a deal at wide receiver 38 or at 40. a certain point he is he's a good yeah. player on a good team and he has a shot um and honestly most of the adps i see a fine but they're yeah. normally like just outside the top twenty-four wide receivers is where I see him a lot in dynasty ranks and dynasty ADPs, and I've got other shots I want to take there. But the time you get into the thirties, I'm like, I, I could see, I could see it, especially if you if you really like what you saw or you watch the game or we'll do
3: something silly like that. Um, <laughs> I think it, that's what he wants, thirty-eight to forty range. I yeah. would be totally fine with him there, honestly. Yeah. But twenty-four, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really close to Terry McLaurin, you know, DK Metcalf. It's just ugly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Like, I, I really think top 24 is kind of his
1: upside. Like, no one's expecting him to take over from Diggs, but it's hard to separate your hope for a player based on you that's- love the team, you love the player, and then you're like, he's going to happen, and I know he's going to happen, and then you're not measuring in, well, he's not going to produce top 24 players. You know, that- That's, that's the- what he's going to be if he breaks out.
0: Peter, that was almost psychology. I heard that. That was almost because we get, <laughs> we get so excited to hope and we want to dream on these guys, and and seeing somebody repeat. So seeing Allen Robinson come back into the top twenty-four, that's boring. You've seen it. You know, you <laughs> you want the next big thing. You want the new guy. You you want Gabe Davis and the, those four touchdowns. And so I think that's that's part of it too. Is man, we like to we like to dream on those guys.
3: So let me ask you, yeah, and those guys aren't sexy, right? Yeah, he's not sexy. He used to (laughs) be the reason I don't
1: love Gabe Davis or however you want to term it or value in the range we just stated isn't because of all the news that's coming out about him is incorrect or they're lying to you. I mean, you can can say it funny too in a cool and interesting tweet, but the reason is because I just don't use that to evaluate what I expect to happen. It's just not literally not on my radar. I hear about it, I know about it but it never even comes into that second part. Well, I will believe, you know, the narrative of Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, I get it. Like that will wait. what I actually would expect from what I do use, but the narrative of teams like, and teams expect, like it just doesn't filter in. So it's not like any of that stuff isn't true or I'm waiting it differently. Or I'm reading it differently, or I have some secret information. That's just not the kind of information I use. If it works out, awesome um he's an undrafted free agent i believe in a later career year i literally love those guys i love it when that happens so it's not like i'm not rooting for it it's just that's why i don't like it is that why you guys don't like it or is there something else like a stat that you're using that says that gabe davis isn't likely to break out like zach you've mentioned that it's that one big blow-up game that's really elevating his stats is that why you started to dislike him or I like him less than the I
0: mean, it's, it's not even, I mean, I don't think I I like him any less than I used to. Like I, I have firmly uh, in my mind, this, this kernel of being on the pod with you two years ago in, in Gabe Davis's rookie year and saying Gabe Davis is somebody who you should pick up. He's probably on your waivers. And, and I was really excited that I did it. I traded him for a second. Now I'm kicking myself that I traded him for a second because now you could probably get a, a first or or pair something and get a, a 23 first with him, but it's, it's not that I've fluctuated very much on my evaluation of Gabe Davis that, uh, uh, or that's that the rest of the community, the, the water level has just come up so high that I'm still sitting on my Island, but now the water is up you know, to my neck and I, I
1: I'm out at that point. I didn't step forward. You all step back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I was just thinking it from the perspective. If someone's listening or would, that doesn't happen, actually, I don't know why I'm thinking this way, but like the argument, they've heard the positive. They believe, you know, team sources and literal people who talk to Gabe Davis and people on the team. Why shouldn't I believe them? And my answer is like, I don't wait that kind of information, but it's also He would not be a top 12 common breakout when you look at things that breakouts actually have in common. It's not that he's not on the scale. It's just there are twelve other easily 12 other wide receivers that, based on things that breakouts commonly have um, on their resume, he doesn't. And he's being drafted at the payoff. And we get breakouts wrong a lot. If I was going to say a process way of how I'm lower on Gabe Davis, then, you know, Gabe Davis, truth of four, three, two. That's why, that's why I like Jake the way Jacob says stuff. One, because it's frustrating, and that makes people think. And um, you were calling him tongue in cheek earlier. I think that's somewhat disingenuous. It's not like Brian Edwards compares to Gabe Davis, but it gets you thinking about how similar they are. And um, and you can say it's it sounds like a counter argument, but. Um, Jacob, is there anything that's actually a counter argument rather than really funny and hilarious things that make you think about it? <laughs> is there something in
3: particular that pushes you off or on? I so I looked up his um prop bet on DraftKings, and they got him at 60 60 and a half receptions, 875 yards, seven and a half touchdowns, right? Which is hmm. that's about right. That's where I feel like he yeah. belongs. Well, last year, wide receiver 25 and half point was Terry McLaurin, who had 77 receptions, 1,060 yards, and five touchdowns. So I feel like he's got it to go too far for me to get there, you know, and that's the problem. Like, I get it. He's an ascending player in, in a good offense. I get all of that. But then when you have the opportunity cost on top of this, you look at the guys around there, um, Juju Smith-Schuster's a few picks behind. I know Peter's a fan of him. He could be the wide receiver one in a Patrick Mahomes office offense excuse me so i i can't i just can't pick him over Allen robinson or um juju for that matter when both those guys have 100 reception ceilings does gabe davis have 100 reception ceiling we're in draft kings, he's, he's in the 60 range so that's interesting do you use prop beds of like a proxy projection without having to put the work in that's interesting way of going about it i've started it. to look at him because it's it's you know, th- these guys have been the, the work, right? I don't have the time to look at it like that. Right. So I started to look at prop bets just to kind of see where the ballpark is. Sometimes I think they're good or bad, but if you're in on Gabe Davis, you should be smashing the over on this, right? I mean right. 60 receptions, 875 yards. If you buy the whole narrative that they love him and he's the next man up, should be all in. So I it's I just I'm h- hesitant and I don't know. I I'm overweight on Allen Robinson. I, <laughs> Peter, I know you're like this. Like I've done the research. There's 77 receivers going back to 2000 that have three or more top 24 seasons, and they literally own all the top seasons. So 85% of the wide receiver one seasons come from this block of 77 players. So you're talking about 10% of the of the wide receivers drafted over the last 20 years own 85% of the wide receiver. One seasons and they own seventy five percent of the wide receiver two seasons. I always come back to if a guy's done it a couple times, they're really likely to do it again. So I'm still drafting Michael Thomas foolishly, potentially, you know. <laughs> and I'm still, <laughs> I'm still drafting DeAndre Hopkins even though he's missing six games. Can can Hopkins outscore Gabe Davis while missing six games? Maybe he might be able to. Right, it's DeAndre Hopkins, we're talking about.
0: This this is the the Jarvis Landry argument right here. This is this is where Jarvis happens. That's
1: literally <laughs> the Jarvis Landry argument. Right
3: now. Yeah, so Jarvis what goes up? in that. He's in that thirty five to forty range too. So look, you can make the structure argument. I can draft Gabe Davis and still get a Jarvis Landry, a Michael Thomas, a John Drew Hopkins, an Adam Thielen. You can you can definitely do that. But I'd rather have two or more of those guys. Yeah. Then take a, a total swing to the fence for Gabe Davis, in my opinion, and, and yeah. I may be wrong. Gabe Davis could take off. Look, I was not into Godwin a few years back when he was the bee's knees. Remember when everybody loved him in like the third, fourth round, and, and it, it worked. But, he hit it.
0: See, to me, there's so. a difference between so when I and this may be me coming at it from a from a film perspective, and and like I. I I identified Godwin, but not the, in the same way that everybody else did. I identified Godwin because he played uh, like a bunch of players that I liked that were a one when they were playing as a wide receiver, two on a team. But once you make them a wide receiver, one on their team, it's it's harder for them. It, it, the Jarvis Landry thing, when, when you let Jarvis Landry be a slot receiver and just let him go and, and you know, draw tons of targets, he's a one. I mean, no doubt. 100%. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ridley, I think, is that way. Calvin Ridley was was great with Julio on the outside. And you just let him drive targets in underneath. It's awesome. Uh, I thought that. Um, oh, in in uh, Denver, like I, I thought um, Judy. Yeah. Jared Judy was going to be that way. So so there's a there's a type of player that that you can look at and say, OK, they can be a one as a two. Watching Gabe Davis, that's not how he plays. And so it's really hard for me to see him all of a sudden driving 115, 120 targets underneath digs. I just, I don't see that happening. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's, you know, three or four, four touchdown games and I have egg on my face, but, but I just, it's hard for me to see that. I, right. I'm with
3: right, we've been reasonable, reasonable enough. Spot. I just,
0: I'm
1: not wrong. He shouldn't. What happened? Like it shouldn't beat his projections. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he might. Yeah, we said that. I think I've been reasonable enough to say I'm rooting for him. I hope he does, but I'm not wrong that he shouldn't. He really
3: shouldn't. Like it's. I, not, well, I'm getting. It shouldn't be an expectation. I'm getting dragged. Someone at PNFF quote tweeted my <laughs> Ryan Edwards Gabe Davis tweet. So you can go check that out. So. It, <laughs> The analytics, comu- com- I mean, analytics community—he's out the game and is he's that getting dragged funny. the way that I'm begging for. Uh,
1: no no, the, come drag me that way. Go you said the analytics community is dragging. Like that's
0: wild to me. That—that's yes. because because yeah, it literally it literally so. is a four, it's a four touchdown
3: game that's buoying everything I, and it didn't if even you take count. that out of the equation. No one's even talking about this,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, that's wild. So yeah, I,
1: analytics. I mean.
3: But let's I get let's go back out to of The
0: analytics
1: community so often apparently when it comes to takes, I'm like, you know how hard I fought McCall McCall Hardman is from the <laughs> analytics community for years with st- Anyway, um, sorry, what did you say you wanted to move on to? I want let's
3: let's move to Judy because he's the opposite, of that, right? So and he's going in the same range. Um, so I love Judy because one, he's got the pedigree. I think his quarterbacks were so bad. And this, Peter, this is our quarterback. You know, lifting wide receivers debate, which will never end, and I'm actually <laughs> coming around to your in, your side of the table on it because <laughs> well, it does matter. It's it's a chicken or an egg. It's kind of both, in my opinion. It's, but it, it's Jerry, probably because it's a one debate. I straddle
1: the middle on, and it's like it's it's kind of both. It's guess. Yeah, it all has to be in
3: place. But carry on. <laughs> so so Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater were so bad, right, for the last two years. I I don't feel like Jerry Judy got a fair shot. And I do think his rookie year was decent. Like he hit 800 yards, right? I mean, he hit some of the numbers that we want to see from a rookie. And then he got hurt last year. And so people are out on him. And I'm like, this guy was great in college, right? I mean, there's a reason he was a first-round pick. So I I usually come back to that draft capital because it does matter. And it has, over time, made a difference. And now when you add Russell Wilson in the equation, who – I'm sorry, like Doug Baldwin, we never would have known his name if Russell Wilson wasn't throwing to him. And I love Tyler Lockett, but like Russell Wilson made him incredible, right? I mean, most efficient receiver ever. I think he had like the, the highest passer rating ever for a receiver. Um one of the slot
1: years. receiver with like a 14 yard got per reception, right? What yeah, he has yeah, yeah, like 157
3: awesome. QB rating when you're getting thrown to right? I mean, he was yep. unbelievable from a touchdown standpoint. From I think he averaged like 80% catch rate, 70-plus with Wilson. So you're taking Wilson, who's had multiple years of, of two top 24 wide receivers, right? He did it with Metcalf and Lockett a couple years. And now he gets Sutton, who I like too. And I think Sutton and Judy – That lineup, (laughs) that offensive lineup, it it is from top to bottom the best that Russell Wilson's ever had, in my opinion. Um,
1: No, I did a podcast just on Denver like really early in the offseason, so I didn't know how, but I wanted to be in on this situation. Like, it's a weird one. This year is basically getting in a triple-R data set on young, talented players with a new quarterback who's actually still young and talented. Like, we we don't see it often. This year, we're going to see, like, twice as many as we've ever seen. Um, so it's and going I really, really drew lock.
3: I want Drew lock to start so we can compare, right? Got real-
1: <laughs> right. A direct
3: comparison. <laughs> right. um, it
1: will be awesome. But here's why. And uh, when I did that episode, I said, I think I wanted to go through Judy because I felt like he was probably more of the volume guy. And my opinion since reversed initially, it was because of bad off season news, Jerry Judy getting in legal trouble, which is a bit weak, but I, I played the dynasty game. I want to, and, but it's since solidified because Colin Sutton's drafted significantly below Judy in both best ball and dynasty right now. And I'd rather bet on the repeat than the breakout. And he's cheaper. So I have no reason not to prefer Colin Sutton. And so that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I understand the argument for Judy. But why not
3: just take Colin Sutton instead?
1: That's Sut- my own objection going,
3: that. He's going four picks ahead of Judy in underdog. So he's right at the end of the wide receiver.
1: Yeah, in underdog he is, in DLF he's not. Judy in DLF he, is
3: wide receiver going like 24
1: 10, and Sutton's 30th. So yeah,
0: he's
3: going like 10 or, right. yeah.
1: 10 or 11 picks after Judy. And... There's been wide receivers that we think function like Jerry Judy who have done it with at least a quarterback play he's had by now. Like he hasn't been able to do it. I get Drew Locke sucks, but I mean, we've seen that happened before Jarvis Landry like you said managed it for many years with below or average quarterback play I would say um, Tannehill was
0: the definition of average man he was always like quarterback <laughs> 16 I mean right.
1: everybody always said he AJ Brown and caught and 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 even you know Corey Davis had a top 25 season and Jerry Judy's just perpetually being really efficient on and not getting <laughs> Not getting there. I'm like, and no, I mean Colin Sutton managed it and he's had the same or worse quarterback play in some instances.
0: Well, no, because he did it, so, he did it with um Elite oh, Joe that was Flacco. A guy. He oh did yeah, Joe eight, Flacco, eight, yeah. Eight eight right. Games of Elite yeah. Joe Flacco, uh his, his so, rookie year. He, he both was wide really receiver
3: nineteen in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So he's he just, he's, just he's, got... he's hit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I'd rather be the guy who's done it before, it's similar and it,
0: offices, it really was though like it if you look at that 2019 season, if you look at the eight games with Joe Flacco, Cortland Sutton averaged 75 yards a game with Flacco. And then the rest of the season was eh, it was okay. You- Again, it's that
1: you've got to be at least Joe Flacco. I will admit that. <laughs> elite, elite Joe Flacco. Come on. And, you know, when you really get into the top five, because I often said, yeah, we never see elite wide receivers with bad quarterbacks but the more i actually do the honest work and go and look yeah you can kind of see how the top five wide receivers every year they kind of do have great quarterbacks like a well above average but top 12 you get at least three every year who's got a Tanael or a flacco or an andy dalton that's true so so
3: where are you at with tua <laughs> where-
1: okay i think uh that maniacal laugh from Zach as the trap springs around. P. A. Howdy is a really great place to leave this episode, um, or this part of this episode. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I really don't have a good take on Denver this year in terms of the receiving options, and it might be something. It, it's why I don't haven't added a lot of Sutton or Judy to my rosters. I don't feel strongly enough for it to go out and trade for it effectively. Um, and that really struck me. And I'm getting out of here before I decide I have to re record that introduction again because it's still way too long. And uh, I still think I can do it better, but we gotta go. And um, see you in the next episode. Thanks very much. Goodbye.
2: Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold. play, run, fold, so. Jake on the table and Ape on the place, though. it's a the and they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Dick got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a cross. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run phone, so Jake on the table and they on the, players, though Peter Numa, the plays, though. Pete the it's a they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter with gold, play run phone, so Jake on the table and they on the, players, though Peter Numa, the plays, though. Pete and the it's a place they're analytical.